Hey everybody, welcome. Steve Wollenhouse here. I'm your host on Anatomy of Success. To be more positive, complaining less helps. Do six things. That's our conversation topic this week. So glad you joined us. Let's get started. Welcome back again. I'm your host, Steve Woolenhouse, and this is Anatomy of Success. If you've joined us for the first time, welcome. Hope you come back. If you've been here before, hope you're relating to the content here. Brief, to the point, some actionable steps that I think can be beneficial. Small things, but as we know, small things add up. Now, if you would, subscribe to the podcast and then rate, review. Head over to weatherology.com and then find me under About Us at the top of that page. Follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and grab the Weatherology mobile app. It's free. A Stanford study in 1996 revealed that complaining or being complained to physically damages our brain. Stress was found to shrink the hippocampus, which is the portion of our brain associated with memories, learning, emotions. The most troubling discovery, in my opinion, most people complain between 15 and 30 times each day, and that's conservative. Some research suggests that making a habit of complaining can actually rewire our brain. Complainers generally fall into three categories. The chronic complainer, who are people that never are satisfied in life and they lament about everything. You see a lot of that today. Political parties come to mind. Venters express their emotional dissatisfaction, which is normally a reflection of their own anger, frustration, disappointment, the motivation, its validation, not necessarily a solution. And then finally, instrumental complainers. These are people focused on solution or solving a problem. When people are committed to cooperation and change, this form of complaining can be very constructive and beneficial, and that's what we're aiming for. The bottom line, happy people complain less, practice mindfulness when they do complain and focus on solutions. Zig Ziglar said this, be grateful for what we have and let's stop complaining. It bores everybody else, does us no good, and doesn't solve any problems. So here are six ways to be better about expressing dissatisfaction without complaining so much. Number one, we have to repackage. We need to recognize our proclivity to complain and begin repackaging our dissatisfaction. That starts with being positive and ends with being positive. When we have a legitimate complaint, we have to start by offering a positive statement. Your work is incredible, and I genuinely appreciate your commitment to excellence. Last Friday, though, I noticed you were a little impatient with the intern. I understand it's easy to get frustrated when we feel someone is slowing us down. I See enormous potential in that new person, though, that intern, just like I did with you. So let's encourage her so she can start making great contributions to the organization that benefit us all. Sound fair? See, delivery is everything. We have to repackage. Next, control. Often we complain about situations we helped create. We need to own our part and redirect the focus from being a victim to being a leader. How many politicians are we seeing not wearing their masks in public, pointing fingers, blaming people? Then we discover whatever they did was a complete outrage and absolute failure. Lecturing people about the urgency of being responsible. When they get caught, they immediately blame someone or something else. It's always somebody else's fault or I get a special exception. We have to take control of the situation. We have to be honest. We have to shift the energy away from pathetic excuses to accountability and action. 
Next, environment. Before lamenting about our complaint, we have to pay attention to our surroundings. How many times have people at work complained to colleagues only to be overheard by someone else they didn't want to hear that complaint? Or the person we shared it with shares it with somebody that we don't want to hear what we have to say. We have to pick the venue wisely before we start unleashing our hostility on the world. It could spare us considerable embarrassment. Regardless of what we have to complain about, there are plenty of people we don't want to overhear the conversation. Sadly enough, in many of our corporate environments today, policies are being imposed on people in the spirit of political aim, which have no benefit to the success of the organization or profitability, personal growth, professional growth. It's ideas that they want to shove down your face. This creates an atmosphere of people not disclosing how they truly feel about anything because openness and sharing honestly isn't encouraged. It's pathetic. That's not true leadership. True leaders demonstrate by example things like inclusion and how to be tolerant and understanding and love everybody and give everybody a chance regardless of the color of their skin. You create an environment conducive to professional personal growth if you're the kind of person that actually believes in these things like equality and these things that we profess to care so much about. A lot of this is disingenuous theater, folks, and it's really sad and nauseating to watch quite candidly. The best thing is to accept the circumstances, not take things personally, deal with the issues, stop complaining, and we give everything our very best to improve the situation. Next, no excuses. There's nothing worse than people that apologize than immediately say, but what follows that but statement is normally negative and negates the impact of an apology or an invites disagreement. When dealing with friends, team members at work, or kids, we have to eliminate excuses by removing that but statement from our vernacular. I appreciate your feedback, but how about this instead? I appreciate your feedback, and I think we should include the following. Notice the difference? When we include that but statement, we're basically saying, yeah, you caught me, you know, I may be wrong, but you did this or this. Look, it's all about excuses, and it doesn't show the other person involved in the conversation we're genuinely committed to owning our part and claiming personal responsibility. Next, frequency. Based on the research, complaining 15 to 30 times a day is excessive. Recognizing how often we complain, that's a great place to start. Once we appreciate how often we complain, we can start to identify when we do and catch ourselves before we launch into a negative diatribe. Reducing the frequency of complaints each and every day ensures we only complain when we have legitimate things to complain about and consider the delivery and a positive outcome as a product of sharing whatever dissent we intend to reveal. And finally, limit. In addition to monitoring how often we complain, we need to recognize the company that we keep. Quality friends matter, and quality colleagues do as well. I never participated in the Water Cooler Complainer Society, and I suggest you don't either. Of course, I started my company at age 21, so I haven't worked for anyone for decades. I had a brief television career for a couple of years, major market TV, and I saw it there plenty to know what goes on. However, being overly exposed to that complainer society is toxic. Once we identify complainers at work, stay away. We have to be conveniently busy and always 
always have an excuse for why we can't participate in social activities with these people, folks. I'm sorry, I'm trying to teach you how to be excellent. And this is one thing you gotta do. You can't surround yourself with parasites. Joyce Meyer said this, watch out for the joy stealers, the gossip, criticizing, complaining crowd, fault finding and negative people, judgmental attitudes, they'll bring you down. Ever been around a chronic complainer? Ever been a chronic complainer? Then you know how negative that atmosphere can be. I think we've outlined six actionable steps this week we can focus on to help us improve our ability to control how often we complain and the negative impact it has on ourselves and on other people. Come back again next week. This is Anatomy of Success, and I'm your host, Steve Wollenhouse. Until then, let's stay focused, let's stay positive, and let's stay optimistic. <music>